Psalm 33 of Exposition on the Book of Psalms. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Exposition on the Book of Psalms by St. Augustine of Hippo, translated by Philip Schaff. Psalm 33, First Exposition. Verse 1. Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous. Rejoice, O ye righteous, not in yourselves, for that is not safe, but in the Lord. For praise is comely to the upright. These praise the Lord, who submit themselves unto the Lord, for else they are distorted and perverse. Verse 2. Praise the Lord with harp. Praise the Lord presenting unto him your bodies a living sacrifice. Sing unto him with the psaltery of ten strings. Let your members be servants to the love of God, and of your neighbor, in which are kept both the three and the seven commandments. Verse 3. Sing unto him a new song. Sing unto him a song of the grace of faith. Sing skillfully unto him with jubilation. Sing skillfully unto him with rejoicing. Verse 4. For the word of the Lord is right. For the word of the Lord is right to make you that which of yourselves ye cannot be. And all his works are done in faith. Lest any think that by the merit of works he hath arrived at faith, when in faith are done all the works which God himself loveth. Verse 5. He loveth mercy and judgment. For he loveth mercy, which now he sheweth first, and judgment, wherewith he exacteth that which he hath first shewn. The earth is full of the mercy of the Lord. Throughout the whole world are sins forgiven unto men by the mercy of the Lord. Verse 6. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made firm. For not by themselves, but by the word of the Lord were the righteous made strong, and all the strength of them by the breath of his mouth, and all their faith by his Holy Spirit. Verse 7. He gathereth the waters of the sea together, as into a bottle. He gathereth the people of the world together, to confession of mortified sin, lest through pride they flow too freely. He layeth up the deep in storehouses, and keepeth in them his secrets for riches. Verse 8. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let every sinner fear, that so he may cease to sin. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him, not of the terrors of men or of any creature, but of him let them stand in awe. Verse 9. For he spake, and they were made. For no other one made those things which are to fear. But he spake, and they were made. He commanded, and they were created. He commanded by his word, and they were created. Verse 10. The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. Of them that seek not his kingdom, but kingdoms of their own, he maketh the devices of the people of none effect. Of them that covet earthly happiness, and reproveth the counsels of princes, of them that seek to rule over such peoples. Verse 11. But the counsel of the Lord standeth for ever. But the counsel of the Lord, whereby he maketh none blessed, but him that submitteth unto himself, standeth for ever. The thoughts of his heart to all generations, the thoughts of his wisdom, are not mutable, but endure to all generations. Verse 12. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. One nation is blessed, belonging to the heavenly city, which hath not chosen save the Lord for their God, and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance, and which not of itself, but by the gift of God, hath been chosen, 
that he by possessing it may not suffer it to be uncared for and miserable verse thirteen the lord looketh from heaven he beholdeth all the sons of men from the souls of the righteous the lord looketh mercifully upon all who would rise to newness of life verse fourteen from his prepared habitation from his habitation of assumed humanity which he prepared for himself he looketh upon all the inhabitants of the earth he looketh mercifully upon all who live in the flesh that he may be over them in ruling them verse fifteen he fashioneth their hearts singly he giveth spiritually to their hearts their proper gifts so that neither the whole body may be i nor the whole hearing but that one in this manner another in that manner may be incorporated with christ he understandeth all their works before him are all their works understood verse sixteen a king shall not be saved by much strength he shall not be saved who ruleth his own flesh if he presume much upon his own strength neither shall a giant be saved by much strength nor shall he be saved whoever warreth against the habit of his own lust or against the devil and his angels if he trust much to his own might verse seventeen a horse is a deceitful thing for safety he is deceived who thinketh either that through men he gaineth salvation received among men or that by the impetuosity of his own courage he is defended from destruction in the abundance of his strength shall he not be saved verse eighteen behold the eyes of the lord are upon them that fear him because if thou seek salvation behold the love of the lord is upon them that fear him upon them that hope in his mercy that hope not in their own strength but in his mercy verse nineteen to deliver their souls from death and to keep them alive in famine to give them the nourishment of the word and of everlasting truth which they lost while presuming on their own strength and therefore have not even their own strength from lack of righteousness verse twenty my soul shall be patient for the lord that hereafter it may be filled with dainties incorruptible meanwhile whilst here it remaineth my soul shall be patient for the lord for he is our helper and defender our helper he is while we endeavour after him and our defender while we resist the adversary verse twenty one for our heart shall rejoice in him for not in ourselves wherein without him there is great need but in himself shall our heart rejoice and we have trusted in his holy name and therefore have we trusted that we shall come to god because unto us absent hath he sent through faith his own name verse twenty two let thy mercy o lord be upon us according as we have hoped in thee let thy mercy o lord be upon us for hope confoundeth not because we have hoped in thee second exposition discourse the first on the first part of the psalm this psalm admonishes us to rejoice in the lord it is entitled of david himself whoever then belonged to the most holy seed of david let them hearken to their own words and speak their own words and let them rejoice in the lord but thus it begins verse one rejoice in the lord o ye righteous the unrighteous rejoice in the world with the world ended is ended the rejoicing of the unrighteous but let the righteous rejoice in the lord because while the lord remaineth remaineth also the rejoicing of the righteous but it is meet so to rejoice in the lord as to praise him who alone has not any thing which can displease us and has many things none so many which displease the unfaithful and that is a short precept 
he pleaseth god whom god pleaseth and think not lightly of this dearly beloved for ye see how many dispute against god how many are displeased with his works for when he would do contrary to the will of men because he is the lord and knoweth what he doth and regardeth not so much our will as our benefit they who would have rather their own will to be fulfilled than god's would bend god to their will not make right their will unto god such men unfaithful ungodly unrighteous though it grieveth me to say it yet i will say it for ye know how truly i say it are more easily pleased with the pantomime than with god therefore when he had said rejoice in the lord o ye righteous because to rejoice in him except by praising him we cannot and we praise one whom we please the more the more he pleaseth us for praise saith he is comely to the upright who are the upright they who direct their heart according to the will of god and whom if human frailty disturb them divine justice consoleth for although in their mortal heart they may privately wish something which may suit their own immediate case or interest or their present necessity yet when they have understood and learned that god willeth otherwise they prefer the will of the better to their own will the will of the omnipotent to the will of the weak the will of god to the will of man for far as god differs from man so far the will of god from the will of man wherefore christ having put on man and proposing a rule to us teaching us to live and granting us to live shewed also man's private will whereby he figured both his own and ours because he is our head and we as ye know belong to him as real members father saith he if it be possible let this cup pass from me this was the human will wishing something proper to itself and as it were private but because he willed man to be right in heart that whatever in him was somewhat crooked he might make straight to him who is ever right nevertheless saith he not as i will but as thou father but what evil could christ will what in short could he will other than the father whose divinity is one their will cannot be different but in the person of man transforming his own into himself whom he had transformed into himself when he said i was an hungered and ye gave me meat whom he transformed into himself when to saul raging and persecuting the saints he cried from heaven though none touched him saul saul why persecutest thou me he shewed as it were man's proper will he shewed thee and corrected thee behold saith he thyself in me for thou also canst will something proper to thyself though god will otherwise this is granted to human frailty it is granted to human infirmity to have a proper will it is difficult that this should not happen to thee but think straightway who is above thee think of him above thee thyself below him him the creator thyself the creature him the lord thyself the servant him omnipotent thyself weak correcting thyself submitting to his will and saying nevertheless not as i will but as thou wilt wherein art thou severed from god who now willest that which god willeth then shalt thou be upright and praise shall be comely to thee for praise is comely to the upright but if thou art crooked thou praisest god when it is well with thee blasphemest when it is ill which ill indeed if it be just is not ill but just it is since it is done by him who can do nothing unjust and so thou wilt be a foolish boy in the house of thy father 
loving thy father if he fondle thee, and hating him when he scourgeth thee, as if he were not, both when fondling and when scourging, preparing for thee the inheritance. But see how praise is comely to the upright. Hear the voice of the upright praising from another psalm. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. What is at all times, that is, continually, and what is, I will bless, that is, his praise shall be in my mouth, at all times and continually, whether in prosperity or in adversity. For if in prosperity and not in adversity, how at all times, how continually, and we have heard many such words from many, when any good fortune befalls them, they exalt, they rejoice, they sing to God, they praise God, nor are they to be disapproved, nay, we must rejoice in them, for many praise him not even then. But they who have now begun to praise God on account of their prosperity must be taught to acknowledge their father also when scourging them, and not to murmur against the hand of him correcting, lest remaining ever perverse they deserve to be disinherited, so that being now made upright, what is upright? So that nothing which God doth displease them, they may be able to praise God even in adversity, and to say, The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. As the Lord pleased, so it is to come to pass. Blessed be the name of the Lord. To such upright praise is comely, not to them that will first praise, and afterwards blame. Therefore, ye righteous upright, rejoice in the Lord, for your praise is comely. Let none say, Who am I that am righteous? Or, When am I righteous? Cast not yourselves away, and despair not of yourselves. Ye are men, in the image of God were ye created. He who made you men, for you also was made man, that ye, being many sons, might be adopted to an eternal inheritance. The blood of the only begotten was shed for you. If ye unto yourselves have become vile through earthly frailty, according to your own price, weigh yourselves. What ye eat, what ye drink, whereto ye subscribe, amen consider as is meet. Do we give you this warning, that ye may be proud, and dare to claim to yourself some perfection? No, but neither again ought ye to think yourselves to be exiled from all righteousness. For I will not question you of your righteousness, for perhaps none of you would dare to answer, I am righteous, but I question you of your faith. As none of you dares to say, I am righteous, so none dares to say, I am not faithful. I ask not yet how thou livest, but how thou believest, Thou wilt answer, and thou believest in Christ. Hast thou not heard the apostle, The just shall live by faith? Thy faith is thy righteousness, because truly, if thou dost believe, thou dost beware, if thou dost beware, thou dost endeavor, and God knoweth thy endeavor, and beholdest thy will, and considereth the wrestling with the flesh, and exhorteth thee to fight, and assisteth thee to conquer, and contending watcheth thee, and fainting lifteth thee up, and conquering crowneth thee. Therefore, rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous. Or this I would say, rejoice in the Lord, O ye faithful, because the just shall live by faith. Praise is comely to the upright. Learn to give thanks unto God, both in prosperity and in tribulation. Learn to have in thy heart what every man hath in his tongue, the will of God be done. The common speech of the people is mostly saving doctrine. Who saith not daily, what God willeth, that let him do? And so the upright will be among those who rejoice in the Lord, and to whom praise is comely, whom the psalm addresseth in the words following, and saith, verse 2, Praise the Lord with harp, sing unto him with the psaltery of ten strings. For this even now we sang, 
this expressing with one mouth we instructed your hearts hath not the institution of these vigils in the name of christ brought it to pass that harps should be banished out of this place and lo the same are bid to sound praise the lord saith he with harp sing unto him with the psaltery of ten strings let none turn his heart to instruments of the theatre that which is commanded him he hath in himself as it is elsewhere said thy vows are upon me o god i will render praises unto thee they remember who some while still were present when what difference there is between the psaltery and harp as best i could i explained in my discourse and tried withal to bring it home to the understanding of all but how much i affected they know best who heard and now in due season i repeat it that in this diversity of two musical instruments we may find the diversity of human actions signified by the same and to be fulfilled in our life the harp hath that hollow board like a tabor covered with tortoise-shell on which the cords lean so that when touched they sound i speak not of the staff wherewith they are touched but the hollow board i mean over which they are laid upon which in some wise they lean so that from thence trembling at the touch and from that concavity conceiving sound they are rendered more harmonious this board then the harp hath in the lower the psaltery in the upper part this is the distinction between them now in this place we are bidden to praise the lord with harp and to sing to him with the psaltery of ten strings he saith not with a harp of ten strings neither in this psalm nor if i mistake not in any other place my sons the readers may read and examine more thoroughly and leisurely for themselves but as far as i myself remember i have found in many places a psaltery of ten strings a harp of ten strings nowhere occurs that i have read remember that the harp hath that wherefrom it sounds in the lower part the psaltery in the higher in our lower life that is our earthly we have prosperity and adversity wherefore we must praise god in both that his praise may be continually in our mouth and that we may bless the lord at all times for there is an earthly prosperity and there is an earthly adversity in both must god be praised that so we may harp what then is earthly prosperity when we are sound in body when all things abound whereby we live when our safety is sure when the fruits come in largely when he maketh the sun to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust all these things contribute to earthly life whoever therefrom praiseth not god is ungrateful because they are earthly things are they therefore not of god or is therefore another to be thought to give them because they are given also to the evil for manifold is the mercy of god patient it is long-suffering thereby sheweth he the more what things he reserveth for the good when he sheweth what great things he giveth even to the evil and adversities there are forsooth from the lower part from the frailty of the human race in griefs in weariness in pressures in tribulations in temptations in all these let him praise god who harpeth let him consider not that they are from below but that they cannot be ruled and governed but by that wisdom which reacheth from end to end mightily and sweetly ordereth all things for he doth not rule heavenly things and leave alone earthly or it would not be said unto him whither shall i go from thy spirit or whither shall i flee from thy presence if i ascend up into heaven thou art there if i go down into hell thou art there where then is he wanting who nowhere is not praise then the lord on the harp whether any earthly thing abound to thee 
give thanks to him who gave it, or whether ought to be wanting to thee, or haply by misfortune be taken from thee, harp without care, for he is not taken from thee who gave, though that be taken from thee which he gave. Even so, I say, harp without care, assured in thy God, touch the strings in thy heart, and say, as to an harp sounding well in the lower part, the Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Whatever the Lord pleased, that did he. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But now, when thou considerest the superior gifts of God, what commandments he hath given thee, with what heavenly doctrine he hath imbued thee, what things he hath commanded thee from above, from the fountain of his truth, turn also to the psaltery, sing unto the Lord with the psaltery of ten strings. For the commandments of the law are ten, in the ten commandments of the law thou hast the psaltery. The thing is complete, therein thou hast the love of God in three, and the love of thy neighbor in seven. And truly thou knowest the Lord himself having said it, that on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Saith God unto thee from above, The Lord thy God is one Lord, thou hast one string, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Thou hast another string, remember the Sabbath day, to keep it holy, not carnally, not with their Jewish delights who abuse rest unto wickedness. For better were it that they should dig the whole day than the whole day dance. But thou thinking on rest in thy God, and for that rest doing all things, abstain from servile work. Now, whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin, and would that I could say of man and not of sin. These three relate to the love of God, of whom consider thou the unity, the truth, and the pleasantness. For there is a pleasantness in the Lord, where there is a true Sabbath, a true rest. Wherefore, it is said, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. For who giveth such delight as he who maketh all things which delight? In these three is the love of God, in the other seven is the love of our neighbor, that thou do not to another what thou wouldest not suffer. Honor thy father and thy mother, because thou also wouldest be honored by thy children. Thou shalt not commit adultery, because thou wouldest not that thy wife should commit adultery behind thy back. Thou shalt not kill, because thou also wouldest not be killed. Thou shalt not steal, because thou also wouldest not suffer robbery. Thou shalt not bear false witness, because thou hatest him that beareth false witness against thee. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, because thou wouldest not thy wife to be coveted by another. Thou shalt not covet anything that is thy neighbor's, because if any other covet aught that is thine, thou art displeased. Direct thy tongue to thyself also, when thou art displeased at him who injures thee. All these are the commandments of God. By wisdom herself were they given. Their sound cometh from above. Touch the psaltery, fulfill the law, which the Lord thy God came, not to destroy, but to fulfill. By love wilt thou fulfill, what by fear thou couldst not. For he who through fear doth not evil, would fain to do it if he could, and so, through the power, is not given, the will remaineth. I do it not, saith he. Wherefore? Because I fear. Not yet lovest thou righteousness, thou art still a servant, be a son. But of a good servant is made a good son, now do it not through fear. Thou wilt learn also to do it not through love. For there is a beauty in righteousness, punishment may deter thee, but righteousness hath its own comeliness, it seeketh men's eyes, it inflameth its lovers. For this the martyrs, treading under foot the world, shed their blood. 
What loved they when they renounced all things? For were they not lovers? Or say we this to you, that ye may love not? Who loveth not, is cold, is dead. Love we, but that beauty which seeketh the eyes of the heart. Love we, but that beauty which with the praise of righteousness inflameth the mind. Men exclaim, they cry aloud, they say everywhere, How good, how excellent, what see they? Righteousness they see, in which an old man bowed down is beautiful. For neither if an old man that is righteous walk abroad, is there anything in his body to be loved, and yet he is loved by all. Even there is he loved where he is not seen. Nay, there is he loved where he is seen, but with the heart. Let him then delight you, and pray ye to the Lord, that he may delight you. For the Lord shall give sweetness, and our land shall yield her increase, that through love ye may fulfill what by fear it is hard to fulfill. Why say I, it is hard? The mind is not yet able. It would rather that there were not any commandment. If to do, it is not led by love, but by fear constrained. Do not steal, fear hell. He would rather that there were no hell into which he should be cast. When beginneth a man to love righteousness, but when he had rather that there were no stealing, even though there were no hell into which thieves should be cast, this it is to love righteousness. And what is righteousness herself like? Who painteth her? What beauty hath the wisdom of God? Through her are all things beautiful, that are pleasant to the eyes. Her to see, her to embrace. Our hearts must be cleansed, her lovers we profess ourselves. Herself so dresseth us that we may not be displeasing to her. And when men reprove us for those things, whereby we please her whom we love, how is it that we so little regard our reprovers? How is it that we so despise them, and altogether care nothing for them? Women's lovers, loose and worthy of condemnation, when their mistresses dress them after their own fancy, if they can but please them, care not for those whom they displease, thinking it sufficient for them that they please their eyes, whom they court, and grave men they mostly displease. Nay, grave men they always displease, and by better judgment are blamed. Thou art not well shorn, saith the grave man to a wanton youth. It becometh thee not to go with such light curls. He knoweth, however, that a certain person is pleased with those curls. He hateth thee that with true judgment blamest, and keepest in himself that which pleaseth his perverse will. He thinketh thee his enemy, because thou wouldest take away his disgrace. He flieth thy eyes, and altogether careth not by what rule of righteousness he be blamed. If, therefore, these regard not their reprovers in truth, that they may be handsome in falsehood, ought we, in those things whereby we please the wisdom of God, ought we to regard unrighteous mockers, having no eyes wherewith they may see what we love? These things, considering all ye upright in heart, praise the Lord with harp, sing unto him with a psaltery of ten strings. Verse 3. Sing unto him a new song. Put off oldness, ye know the new song, a new man, a new testament, a new song. A new song belongeth not to men that are old. None learn that but new men, renewed through grace from oldness, and belonging now to the new testament, which is the kingdom of heaven. For that singeth all our love, and singeth a new song. A new song let it sing, not with the tongue, but with the life. Sing unto him a new song, sing skillfully unto him. Every man asketh how he should sing unto God. Sing unto him, but sing not unskillfully. He would not that his ears be offended. Sing skillfully, brother. If, in the audience of any good musician, when it is said to thee, sing, 
to please such an one without some knowledge of the musical art thou fearest to sing lest thou shouldest displease a master of the art because what an unskilful person findeth not amiss in thee a master blameth who can undertake to sing skilfully before god so judging of the singer so examining every part so exactly hearing how canst thou shew so nice a skill in singing as in nothing to displease ears so perfect behold he giveth as it were the tune of thy song seek not words as if thou couldst explain whereby god is pleased sing with jubilation for this is to sing skilfully unto god to sing with jubilation what is it to sing with jubilation to be unable to understand to express in words what is sung in the heart for singers either in the harvest or in the vineyard or in any other busy work after they have begun in the words of their hymns to exult and rejoice being as it were filled with so great joy that they cannot express it in words then turn from actual words and proceed to sounds of jubilation the jubilee is a sound signifying that the heart laboreth with that which it cannot utter and whom beseemeth that jubilation but the ineffable god for he is ineffable whom thou canst not speak and if thou canst not speak him and oughtest not to keep him silent what remaineth to thee but jubilation that the heart may rejoice without words and the boundless extent of joy may have no limits of syllables sing skilfully unto him with jubilation verse four for the word of the lord is right and all his works are done in faith in that even wherein he displeaseth the not right he is right and all his works are done in faith let thy works be done in faith for the just shall live by faith and faith worketh by love let thy works be done in faith because by trusting in god thou art rendered faithful how can the works of god be done in faith as though god also should live by faith we find god also called faithful and that not in our own words here an apostle god saith he is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it thus ye have heard god called faithful hear it also in another place if we suffer we shall also reign with him if we deny him he will also deny us if we believe not yet he abideth faithful he cannot deny himself we have then a faithful god also but let us well distinguish faithful god from faithful man man is faithful when he trusteth in god promising god is faithful because he performeth what he promised to man let us hold him a debtor most faithful since we hold him a promiser most merciful for neither have we lent unto him any loan that we should hold him a debtor since from him we have whatever we offer unto him and from him cometh whatever good there is in us all the good things in which we rejoice are from him for who hath known the mind of the lord or who hath been his counsellor or who hath first given to him and it shall be recompensed unto him again for of him and through him and to him are all things we then have given nothing to him and yet we hold him a debtor wherefore a debtor because he is a promiser we say not unto god lord render what thou hast received but render what thou hast promised for the word of the lord is right what is the word of the lord is right he deceiveth thee not do not thou deceive him rather do not thou deceive thyself 
for who can deceive the omniscient? But iniquity hath lied unto itself, for the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in faith. Verse 5. He loveth mercy and judgment. Do thou the same, because he doth. Observe ye both mercy and judgment. The time of mercy is now. The time of judgment shall be hereafter. Whence is it now the time of mercy? He calleth those, but now averted. He forgiveth sin to them converted. He is patient with sinners until they be converted. When they are converted, he forgetteth things past. He promiseth things to come. He exhorteth the slothful, consoleth the afflicted, teacheth the studious, assisteth the fighting. He deserteth none, laboring and crying unto himself. He giveth that wherewith sacrifice may be done unto himself. He bestoweth that wherewith he may be reconciled. Let not the great time of mercy pass. Brethren, let it not pass away from us. There will come a judgment, and then also there will be repentance. But then, without fruit, then they repenting and groaning for anguish of spirit shall say within themselves, Is it not written in the book of wisdom? What hath pride profited us? Or what good hath riches with our vaunting brought us? All these things are passed away like a shadow. Let us now say, All these things are passing away like a shadow. Let us now say to our prophet, They are passing away. Lest then we say without avail, They are passed away. This then is the time of mercy. There will come also the time of judgment. But think not, brethren, that these two can in any wise be separated, the one from the other, in God. They do indeed seem somewhat contrary to each other, as if one who is merciful could not observe judgment, and one who is tenacious of judgment would forget mercy. But God is omnipotent. Neither in mercy loseth he judgment, nor in judgment mercy. For he hath compassion. He considereth his own image, our frailty, our wandering, our blindness, and he calleth, and to those converted unto him he forgiveth sins, to the unconverted he forgiveth not. Is he merciful to the unrighteous? Has he therefore lost judgment, or ought he not to judge between the converted and the unconverted? Seemeth it just to you that the converted and the unconverted be treated equally, that the same regard be paid to one confessing and one lying, to the humble and the proud? Therefore hath he judgment, yea, even in mercy, Again, in the judgment will he have mercy, namely upon those unto whom he shall say, I was unhungered, and ye gave me meat. For in a certain apostolic epistle it is said, For he shall have judgment without mercy that hath shewed no mercy. Blessed, saith he, are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Therefore in the judgment shall there be also mercy, but not without judgment. For if not every one but he shall have mercy, who hath before shewn mercy, even mercy itself will be just, because it will not be indiscriminate. Mercy it surely is, that sin should be forgiven. Mercy it is, that life eternal should be bestowed. See then also judgment. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. Give, and it shall be given to you. Surely this, it shall be given unto you, and ye shall be forgiven, is mercy. But if judgment had departed therefrom, he would not say, With what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. Thou hast heard how God sheweth mercy and judgment. Do thou also shew mercy and judgment? Do these things perhaps belong unto God? Do they not belong unto man? If they belonged not unto man, 
the Lord would not have said to the Pharisees, Ye have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment and mercy. Therefore unto thee belong mercy and judgment. Think not that mercy belongeth unto thee, but judgment belongeth not unto thee. If may be thou hearest a cause between two, of whom one is rich and the other poor, and it may happen that the poor man hath a bad, the rich a good cause. Now if thou art not instructed in the kingdom of God, thou seemest to thyself to do well, if, as pitying the poor man, thou hide and conceal his iniquity, and strive to justify him, so that he may seem to have a good cause. And if thou shouldest be blamed, because thou hast judged ill, thou answerest concerning mercy, it is true, and I too know it, but he was poor, mercy was due unto him. How hast thou kept mercy and lost judgment? And how, sayest thou, if I should keep judgment, should I not lose mercy? Should I pronounce against a poor man, who had not wherewithal to pay, or if he had, could not, after that he had paid, find wherewithal to live? Thy God saith unto thee, Neither shalt thou countenance a poor man in his cause. It is an easy thing that we should be warned not to accept the person of the rich. This every man knoweth, and would that every man so did. That is where one is deceived, where one would please God, by accepting the person of the poor in judgment, and saying unto God, I have shewn favor unto the poor. Nay, but thou shouldest hold fast both, even both mercy and judgment. First what sort of mercy hast thou shewed towards him whose iniquity thou hast favored? Lo, his purse thou hast spared, his heart thou hast wounded. That poor man hath remained in his iniquity, and is so much the more in iniquity, as he hath seen thee, as if a righteous man favor his iniquity. From thee hath he departed, unjustly secured, by God he remaineth justly to be condemned. What sort of mercy hast thou shewn to him whom thou hast made unrighteous? Lo, thou art found more cruel than merciful. What then, sayest thou, should I do? Thou shouldest judge first according to the cause. Thou shouldest convict the poor, prevail on the rich man. There is one time for judgment, another for supplication. When the rich man saw that thou hadst held justice, hadst not lifted up the head of the wicked because he was poor, but according to the merits of his sin, hadst justly punished him, would not he be prevailed on to mercy at thy supplication, who had been made glad by thy judgment? My brethren, though there remaineth indeed more of the song, yet we must now spare our strength, both of mind and body, by reason of the variety of hearers. For also, when we are taking food from the same wheat, many new tastes, as it were, are made for us, so as to do away loathing, may this suffice you. End of Psalm 33, First Discourse